Hey now, welcome to another edition of the Inside BS Show. Today we're talking about something I can almost guarantee you know nothing about because I didn't know anything about it and I've spent 15 minutes educating myself with today's guest. Sometimes when things go wrong in a, in a company or in really any organization and that organization has a challenge with the government but they can still proceed with what they've been designed to do, what they've been built to do, they need to bring in people to watch what they're doing to make sure they don't make the same mistake over and over again. Now, it's very straightforward, it's very simple, but not a lot of people know about it. So we're going to share information today that's going to make you feel much better when you get into a situation and a company perhaps has made a mistake down the road and they're gonna continue to operate. My guest today is Vin Diciani, and he's the president and founder of Affiliated Monitors and this is what they do. They go into businesses that have maybe messed up a little or maybe messed up a lot and still operate and they kind of oversee things and report back to the government to let them know what's going on and to make sure the company that is well, let's just call it on probation, stays on the straight and narrow. So you're gonna wanna hear this interview because it really is a very interesting service that I'm glad is in place. So please join me in welcoming Vin to the Inside BS Show. All right, so first, Diciani, I, I said it right, right? Is that right? Did I get it? You got it, my grandfather. All right, perfect. So Vin, explain to me why you founded this great business, Affiliated Monitors. So it, I'm an attorney by profession. I practiced for a long time. Um, and in my career, I had a couple of cases where my client, I was defending companies and professionals. And sometimes the punishment that they would receive for doing some things wrong was almost, you know, um, too severe. You know, so not crossing T's and dotting I's and losing a license or losing the ability to contract with the government was so severe that there was nothing in between that was sort of an alternative sanction. So, you know, based upon some of the cases that I had, I just thought, and again, this is in the early and mid nineties, I just thought that putting together an entity that could provide independent oversight at the expense of the company or individual being monitored would give the government a good option, right? And there were a lot of benefits there, Dave, which I thought would really help the government, the companies, and then the public, right, who are receiving benefits, you know, from these companies. So I put together affiliated monitors in 2004, and we started uh, monitoring, you know, um, a variety of different um, industries for a number of different agencies. All right. So um, I, I can think of one use right off the top of my head. So somebody is in a, um, in a scenario where they're doing work for the government, and they have maybe they have a you know a key tam case like a whistleblower case and they mm -hmm. get their hands slapped and they're just they're they're so involved with the government that it's almost impossible for them to withdraw from all of the contracts that they have could they offer in a settlement could they say hey listen we want to bring these guys in and at our expense they'll report to you we won't know anything that they're that they're writing up until it's over and done with and you've seen it but as part of the settlement with the government to continue working, they'll agree to bring you in. Is that is that one scenario? 
That certainly is. Um, and that and and that usually comes from counsel, right? So counsel are in the middle of a negotiation and might be sort of early on. It could be midway and as you're getting ready for a hearing or trial, these kind of conversations can occur. And sometimes the 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 initial um, uh, you know sort of uh, you know impetus to do this is on the government's part. But more seeing more and more attorneys do exactly what you said. And that is, look, the livelihood of my company is, government contracting, or I need to be licensed, or, you know, whatever. Um, they have to do work that's regulated. For them, it's their livelihood. And so offering up, you know, some, I'll call it corrective actions right. um, to the government sometimes can be um, very um, enticing for the government. Because look, you can't get rid of all contractors. You need them to do the work, right? Nobody's perfect. You know, if you look at any company, you're going to say there are deficiencies here, there are deficiencies there. So, you know, it's like anybody could get in trouble. We all can, you know, for anything um, if there's some scrutiny on you. So this is a way of sort of protecting the livelihood of the company, giving the government something that's going to give them something that's substantive, right? Real oversight by an independent and for the public, it really is protecting government funding. It's, it's protecting sometimes health safety, you know, security. Sometimes it's just the quality of the services being provided. So there's a variety of different sort of approaches, but you're right. It's something that is, at some point, the conversation will be with the government. Is this a case where monitoring could be an appropriate part of an agreement? Right, right. So I'm thinking, you know, initially I would say, you know, in a in in that scenario that I raised, the settlement talks would go something like we're going to change the leadership of the division of the organization and we're going to agree to 5 years of independent monitoring. Uh the independent monitor will report directly to you. Um you know, that to me is uh is a great option for people who for companies who are facing that type of scenario. Vin, let's talk about another scenario maybe, and I know the bulk of your work from what you've told me is, is with government entities, but let's say there are two parties who are, who are part of a negotiated agreement and the two parties want to make sure that each, uh, each part, each, each group, each participant in the agreement is living up to the terms of the contract. Would, would you be a good option for them to bring in and you could say, all right, you know, so, so you know, party A and party B are going to uh, service, um, you know, the client together. And I don't necessarily know as the head of party B that party A is doing everything they're supposed to be doing. And the head of party A doesn't know that party B is doing everything they're supposed to be doing. So could we bring you in and you could every quarter issue a report that says, all right, party A did all of these things. Party B did all of these things. The client was satisfied. Like, is that another scenario where you could be uh, a part of that? Yeah, it's very insightful that you say that because that's exactly... <laughs> situations that we get involved in. So I would call that private monitoring, right? Right. We're not doing it in, a, in the government setting, we're doing it in a private setting. A couple of things that would have to occur would be both sides would have to agree, right? Yeah. And that agreement has to be strong because it's gonna take um, you know, both sides to be willing to open the doors, the, the records, their people to us, right? The, the situation where this happens most frequently, Dave, is where one party is has all of the information and the other party needs it but can't get at it 
because they don't have subpoena power or the, you know and, and what have you so it, it, to get this to that kind of resolution both parties have to agree to it but we're seeing that more and more you know because it allows the company that is sort of needing the information it allows them either to stay as a contractor or this company to stay as a contractor with them or have that ongoing relationship but it, it it's very very um true that that's a great resolution um, that um, we're seeing it occur more and more. So, uh, you know, a third scenario that I'm thinking about too, and I see this all the time in in my work is like a licensing agreement, right? So like I develop content for, um, let's say, and this is very common in my business, I develop uh, educational content and I provide it to a law firm. And they say they're licensing, you know, 15 people to go through this program. I train someone from the law firm to deliver it. And then I pretty much just have to take it on faith that they're delivering this program to 15 people in the law firm. I mean, that's a very small scenario, probably not big enough for you, but if it was 1,500 people, mm -hmm. right, maybe there's an opportunity there for, for me to say, to write into the contract, all right, so basically, you know, at any given time, we can have an independent monitor come in and look at, um, you know, the certifications in the organization of the people, right? Yeah, it, it, we've done things that are very close to that. And so we just finished a matter um, involving uh, an entity that provides educational services for financial um, investors. Um, and they had some issues with the Federal Trade Commission. Um, and there was a lawsuit brought by the Federal Trade Commission against them for advertising and the marketing materials and the training materials and that kind of thing. Um, and we were brought in to serve as the independent monitor. Um, and we had to look at content. We had to look at the content of the marketing materials, the training materials, email that they would send out. Um, and it, it really was based upon meeting the really the requirements and the sort of the restrictions on marketing that the FTC has established, particularly in this case in the financial services arena. So it's that very thing that we end up doing. Um, and it was a very creative way of using a monitor to resolve that case, um, but it was effective and the case is now settled. Um, and the parties have moved on. And that's, I think, a win for everybody. Yeah. You know, because the FTC now has a better, you know, company that has created these processes um, for this mechanism of watching what the content looks like and delivery of the content. The company now has better internal controls to make sure that it's just not have people, you know, sort of saying things that are not within the, the, the restrictions. Um, and again, the public gets protected because there is those kind of controls. And so there's sort of less of a, a risk or a lowered risk of inappropriate marketing uh, being done. So you're right. I mean, it's again, an, another great scenario that you've come up with. Yeah. And now, now that you mention it, I'm also thinking of, so I had a client who, um, so my, my client is a, was a lawyer and his client was one of these nutraceutical companies. They're like, uh, you know, semi-regulated vit pseudo vitamin type products, right? Mm -hmm. There's no, there's no FDA regulation on the product itself, but there's regulation on the advertising. So you can't, you can't make any claims that it's going to cure uh, stuff. You can't make any claims that people are going to run faster, jump higher as a result of taking it, you know, have greater testosterone levels or whatever. So what these folks did was they created an advertising template and they got the advertising template approved by the FTC. 
and um, and they would go to their affiliates, and their affiliates once they once they signed up, once they're I guess they were licensees, once they signed up, they got a, a website template, and they were not to deviate from the website template, but they were signing up these affiliates faster than they could keep up with them. So the next thing they knew, they were getting sued by every state's attorney general because people were putting pictures of like Oprah and saying that Oprah endorsed this product when, you know, maybe somebody on an Oprah show mentioned a type of product one time, which was not an endorsement, right? right. So they were getting sued left and right. And they, you know, it would, I think it would have been a good option for them. And my, my client made a fortune because he's defending them in like 48 states, but it would have been a good option for them to say, all right, we're going to put the brakes on this. We're going to bring in an independent monitor and the independent monitor is going to have oversight over, you know, over how this advertising is going out because they didn't have the resource. This was like three guys in a garage that were doing millions of dollars. So there was revenue, but there wasn't resources from a human capital standpoint. I guess that would be a scenario too, right? 100%. Yeah. Uh, and I've done it. You know, so talking, you know, we've monitored nutraceutical companies. Um, you may know that we are the current monitor for Herbal Life. Um, in their matter with the FTC. So we have, we're very comfortable in that space. Um, and it, it, it's a perfect scenario where a monitor could be of great benefit. I want to talk to you for a second, Dave, about some of the negative um, implications of monitoring, because there is some sense out, especially in the legal community, um, that um, the that monitors can be intrusive, mm. that monitors can go overboard right. um, in terms of the work that they do, and that monitors really have um, a sort of a gotcha mentality. Right. Like they're trying to find something wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, what we've done at Affiliated is sort of taken a, a sort of a different approach. So our approach is what I would describe as remedial. We're trying to help the company improve what got them in trouble. Right. And that's what you were talking about very early on in this conversation, right? How do we fix things? things that got them in trouble, be it big, small, medium, what have you. Um, and that's really been our focus. Um, and that's why, you know, uh, attorneys and the companies that we work with like us, because we're bringing value to them. This is not just a, you know, like an in investigator who's out there always like looking at us. This is an entity that is seeing the problems, seeing the, the work that the company's doing to fix things, maybe making recommendations to make it more efficient, to make it a little bit stronger, but then reporting back to the government, they got it, you know, they fixed it. That's the benefit of sort of the approach that we have taken. Yeah, and, right? it, and there's a degree of independence there, especially with your background and your reputation. So, you know, the, there's, there's a level of confidence there. And I gotta be, I gotta be real candid with you, Vin. If you're a, if you're an attorney representing a company, and the choice is go out of business or bring in the monitor, I'm bringing in the monitor all day long, right? So what, like you know, stigma or no stigma, it's a matter of public record that the government is coming after you. <laughs> right. So you know, the stigma of a monitor is the least of my problems. This is the last stop on the train. Like if if I don't let these guys come in and monitor me, I got to go sell widgets. I can't do this anymore. So. I mean, I wouldn't really be all that concerned if the choices go out of business or bring you in. I'm bringing you in. Exactly. Um, and and again, what what I I said to you off offline is the difficulty about the concept of monitoring is not everybody knows about it. Right. Right. 
we've been doing this for 18 years and we're sort of one of the leaders in the in the business of being monitors and knowing how to monitor. You know, we've done about 900 monitorships now. So we know how to monitor. But the difficulty is it's attorneys don't realize that there's this is an option that they can present to the government number 1. Number 2, they do have those clients who are sort of very hesitant to bring in a monitor because they, they do have to open up the, the drawers and the closets and the monitor gets to look at things that they might be uncomfortable with. You know, so in order to for this to work, the company has to buy in to bringing in a monitor, but going along with the monitor and sort of embracing it and say, look, we've had problems in the past, let's fix it. Right. Yeah. So the best cases that we've had, and I'm just going to go right along with what you were just talking about, are those companies that have gotten in trouble for whatever reason, and it's the darkest days, you know, for that company to have the government knocking at their door and investigating and perhaps bringing a a criminal action or a civil action. I mean, it's it's the cost of fines, penalties, whatever they have to pay back, all of the attorney's fees. But then the other thing that's implicit in the statement that you made is the reputational damage right. that the company's facing because the government's come after them. It's going to get publicity. The way we approach that is, I'm not looking what happened in the past. I want to go from the day you entered into that agreement with the government and let's move forward and let's be transparent about it so that the government and the world can see, look, we're going to acknowledge we had some problems in the past. We're over that now. And we have an independent say, saying, yes, they fix things, right? Again, that's, I think it's a benefit of monitoring. All right. So, Vin, I want you to take a minute and think about this um, so, that, uh, so that I can get in a word from our sponsor. But I want to talk about um, a transnational issue to see if it might be a good fit for monitoring. So, like my products are made in Bangladesh and I want to make sure that they're not using kids and paying them 50 cents a day and giving them a sandwich to make my my product, right? And, you know, this is a scenario where I think there may be a marketing benefit to bringing uh, somebody like you in. So take a minute and think about that and we'll, we'll discuss it right after I let people know that we are brought to you by Sandrowski Corporate Advisors. So if you listen to the show every day, you'll know that Sandrowski Corporate Advisors is a great sponsor of ours, and they do a number of different things. They do a lot of sophisticated accounting work, which includes forensic accounting. So we're talking about bringing in a, bringing in a monitor today with VIN. Well, I'll tell you that Sandrowski Corporate Advisors can get into a situation where you may want to bring them in to look at the books of your company to determine whether or not there's any type of fraud or waste. And oftentimes when they come in and they find fraud or waste, then they'll, they'll need to be some sort of a management change. So if you're looking for someone to come in and do a forensic audit of your company or more likely a company that your firm has just purchased. Sandrowski, they're the folks to do it. They work with a lot of private equity companies who are purchasing other businesses. And sometimes the due diligence is thorough and sometimes the due, dil due diligence isn't thorough enough. So if you need someone to get in and look at the books of a company that you're purchasing or perhaps a company that you've already invested in and determine what's going on, maybe you thought there should be more falling to the bottom line and it isn't, Sandrowski is the group to call. You can reach out to them at 866-717-1607. That's 866 866-717-1607. 
877-1607. Call them today because Sandrowski Corporate Advisors, they're a CPA firm with a different perspective. We're also brought to you by My Revenue Roadmap Guide. So you're listening to the show and you're an independent professional, an attorney, a CPA, a consultant, a financial advisor, and you want to grow your business using relationship-based business development. Well, I've got the exact marketing plan for you. You don't have to write it from scratch. You can use my template. I call it my revenue roadmap, and you can get your free revenue roadmap guide by going to that website, revenueroadmapguide.com, revenueroadmapguide.com. Enter your contact info there. Download your guide for free. You can customize it for your business. It's the exact same plan I use with my clients. It's my gift to you for listening and watching the show. My guest today is Vin DiChiani. He's the president and founder of Affiliated Monitors. You can reach out to him at 617-519-3899, 617-519-3899. So Vin, let's talk about a situation. Um, I've had the privilege of working with some folks um, who uh, had cases that were transnational tort cases where uh, perhaps a company's doing something in another uh, in another jurisdiction in another country that would violate the laws here in the United States. Okay, so forget about the fact that it violates the law for a minute. Maybe it, there's no violation of the law. Maybe there's no you know briberies or bribery or kickbacks. But there may be they may be using some manufacturing practices which are unethical, which are amoral, and which would not go over very well if the American public found out about them. Think of shoe manufacturers, sneaker manufacturers, clothing manufacturers, or perhaps like chocolate is another one. They're famous for using you know, child labor or slave labor to harvest the cocoa. Is it a scenario where the company could say, okay, we wanna market ourselves as being ethical from top to bottom, every stage of the process, and we're gonna bring in an independent monitor to certify that our practices are ethical. Is that a good use for your service? Absolutely, um, and so that uh, so what you're talking about is what I'll describe as third-party management. Mm -hmm. You know, co companies that contract with, subcontract with, consult with the company that is the owner, I'm gonna call it uh, you know, the, the, the manufacturer. Um, that is part, this third-party management is part of a strong compliance program. So companies now should have, and they better have, a strong compliance program. One of the elements of the strong compliance program is third-party management. Third-party management is knowing who these folks are that you're dealing with, right? Um, and um, the, one of the first cases that we handled, believe it or not, was a money laundering case involving a Swiss um, um, uh, um, um, uh, uh, refining company, and they refine gold and silver and platinum and all of that kind of stuff. And they would get materials from around the world, and they didn't know where those materials were coming from. So the 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 U.S. entity um, had gotten in trouble for money laundering because they were taking materials from entities they didn't know who they were, and they were wiring tens of thousands of dollars to what I describe as phone booths, mm -hmm. you know, in other countries, because they didn't know who the companies were. Um, and so they had to implement a very strong compliance program, third party management process. And we were the monitor making sure that they knew 
who the clients were. Were they real? Did they have a real place of business? Did they follow, you know, sort of that the human capital kinds of restrictions of in mines and that kind of stuff? So it's the very things that you're describing. They had to put controls in place, and they did, and they got off the. the it was a plea agreement that they had entered into with the U.S. District Court um, here in Massachusetts, um, and they did it, and they put some good controls in place, and they still have those good controls in place. But it's the very thing that you're describing that companies really should be doing. You know, what, what often happens, and, and, and this is sort of sad, but when things are very quiet and they're not hearing complaints about entities in other countries where they're doing the kinds of things that you said, but there's no complaints about it, they sort of forget about it and they don't put any eyes and ears on what's going on. That's when they get in trouble, right? Because then something explodes over there. You know, somebody gets hurt, somebody dies. You know, it's a kid that's 14 uh, working illegally. That's when it really comes to light. So to prevent that kind of stuff and then to be able to say to the world, look, we've taken effective steps to put these kind of controls in place that you were just talking about, um, I think is a, a really a great thing to do, number one. And number two, we can validate you know, what they've done by testing it, making sure that they're following these controls that they've put in place. You know, one of the things that I think of as a guy who's got a background in marketing is I think I think to myself, I would be using that all day long in my marketing. You know, if I'm if I'm in one of these industries, particularly like clothing, especially if I'm a high end clothing line and I can build into my margin the cost of of, you know, manufacturing the clothing using, you know, totally valid labor, I would be out there saying not only are, are our clothes beautiful, not only do they fit well, but they're also manufactured in a way that is completely above board and ethical. And we right. provide quarterly monitoring reports to our board of directors, and they're available on our uh, shareholder uh, news website so that everybody can watch. Now, listen, your clothes, if the, if the clothing is 20% more, it's 20% more. But this is, I would use this as an element of marketing. And I would challenge everybody in the industry to follow suit and basically put the burden on them and say, look, you know, what you're wearing now, if it, you know, if it isn't certified or if it isn't, you know, manufactured in a way that, that can be verified where there are no kids making your dress that you're wearing to the Oscars, then you shouldn't be wearing it, right? That's a, that's a fantastic um, marketing uh, strategy and you have an independent monitor verifying it. So those claims are completely valid and you can challenge your competitors to do the same thing. I mean, I think that's, a, that's an amazing marketing opportunity. I, I agree with you and I'm going to take it a step, uh, step higher. So yes, in manufacturing, I agree with you, but it's really across all companies and all industries. And what it really is saying is, look, we have a strong compliance program. We have strong controls looking over our particular you know, aspects as if, if for your, your example in clothing, but I describe it as a competitive advantage, Sure, right? It really is. It's a competitive advantage that you have because you have these kind of controls in place that are being tested by a third party. You know, it's one thing for a company to say, oh, we're great, you know, you know, and then they get in trouble and the government's like, well, if you're so great, then why'd you get in trouble? It's because we didn't have a strong compliance program in place, right? And those kind of controls that you're describing. So I, I do, I see it as a an advantage that a company should be touting, you know, and, and I'll tell you, companies that we've worked with that have gotten in trouble and have had to have a monitor, they've entered into a deferred prosecution agreement or a settlement agreement, they really do come out of these monitorships stronger and better, 
right? And they can say, look, we had our dark moments, but we are now stronger. And I don't. I think that's a good story. You know, I think that's a good story across industries. You know, well, so I, I mean, I it's particularly a good story when the management changes and the monitor comes in at the same time, because the new management has no beef with bringing in the monitor because they want a fresh start. So if the management doesn't change, I would imagine that's where you probably get some friction because they were cutting corners from the beginning. So, you know, that's got to be that's got to be the, the contentious, uh, the, the most contentious time. How, how often would you say the management changes when you come in? Yeah, it's a, it's a really good point. So um, typically the investigation that has undertaken, let's call it a government investigation. It's DOJ or it's a, an agency. Usually the events occurred years earlier. You know what I mean? And by the time it gets to a complaint and then the, 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 the legal process starting, the events could be five, six, ten years earlier. And so oftentimes there is a whole new management team in place by the time this all takes place, right? So you, that's very true. That's usually the case. In the situations where the ac activities occurred and management hasn't changed, right? Governments, government is skeptical about the ability of the company to change because now things happened 10 years ago and they've done nothing about it, right? They have really not addressed it. It's like, what have you been doing? You're still allowing this to occur? But you know where you really see it, Dave? And it's the thing that I love to do the most. It's talking to the people that work in the company. right? Because when they find out that they got in trouble and that the same people are still there and that the same people are still doing the same things, um, that's when they all feel like they're working for a company that's shaky at the top, you know, and they really question, you know, sort of the ethical morals of the company, you know, and we see that a lot. We see um, companies where the, the, the top of the organization is questionable in terms of its ethics and morals um, and where people are just starting to feel like, I can't work here anymore, you know, um, and, and we've done that Go ahead. And no, it's it's incongruent to say the least, and and you know, uh, hypocritical at uh, at the at the at best. And I've seen it. You know, I, I've been in, I've been in and around professional services firms for thirty years. We I've worked with manufacturing companies over the years as well, and I, I see it most often, Vin. And I hate to throw them under the bus like this, but with family-owned companies, right? Yeah. Because the, the management isn't going to change because it's family-owned. But they, for, for, since the beginning of their business, they were cutting this corner. And now the government caught them and they got to bring in a monitor or they got to, they got to agree to some sort of oversight and they got to stop cutting that corner and they got to do it the right way. And their margins shrink and there's no, you know, the bringing in of new management. Sure. But they may bring in a CEO, but the chairman is still the family person. So, you know, it's just, a uh, it's, that's where in privately held businesses or in family run companies, that's where I think there's, there's probably the highest likelihood. And Vin, I want to give you one more uh, scenario um, before, before we move into, you know, who we need to reach out to to make sure they learn more about what you're doing. How about a scenario where um, the, uh, a company gets a, an unfair labor practice and the NLRB, you know, hits them with fines or they have an organizing event and perhaps there's, you know, they have to, you know, one of their one or two of their shops have union campaigns going on 
and the other, you know, the other shops are, you know, exposed and there may be unfair labor practices going on to prevent organizing events in those places. Do you guys have any experience in, in jumping in in, uh, in situations where the, the National Labor Relations Board's involved? We, we haven't done one with the NLRB, but we've done some stuff with the EEOC. Oh, okay. <laughs> so harassment and that sort of thing, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to tell you, it's my very favorite story and the, my one of my favorite things that we've done as a company. So um, about 15 years ago now, maybe a little bit less, um, I was called by the um, state AG's office um, um, in a state, um, and um, they had a manufacturing company, family-owned, um, that um, built uh, beauty supplies. They made uh, equipment for beauty supplies. And their staff, believe it or not, was uh, some some mostly uh, functionally disabled folks. Um, they might have, you know, um, lost an arm or, or one eye, and they could only do certain things, but they were really good at it, and they loved working for the company. So they had about 130 of these, I'm going to describe it as functionally disabled folks on the staff. The company did not have any EEOC policy. They didn't do training on it. And what happened? They got hit with EEOC complaints for violating, you know, practices with, with their staff, like not having a ramp to the bathroom and that kind of stuff unintentional, the company, because that's who they hired. Mm -hmm. The AG's office called me and said, Vin, we can't put them out of business. They're one of the last manufacturing companies we have in the city. All of these people would be out of a job. All of these people who would are doing great things and yeah. working for the company. They said, give me some ideas. So we went in with, as you described, some policies, controls, training, a hotline, um, and all of the kinds of things that gave the government comfort that the company was doing things. We educated the owners because again, they were not, they were not intentionally doing things inappropriate. They just didn't realize, oh, the EEOC applies to my little plant, you know, in the city. Um, and then for the staff, this was a way of addressing their needs, right? Sure. So it was such a feel-good story for us because everybody won. You know, the government got the oversight and the fixes. The company got to address these problems that, again, they didn't recognize, but now they know that they have to fulfill. And this staff, this wonderful staff of people, got to keep their jobs. You know, it, it's such a good feel, feel good story. But we have worked in that, you know, in that arena. Yeah, and they were able to keep them employed, and that's fantastic. That's great. So, Vin, who uh, who do we need to spread the word to? Uh, who do we need to make aware uh, of the benefits of monitoring. Obviously, the government knows about it, right? But it would be better if you know there was uh, there was awareness among folks. Like, given the scenarios that we talked about, so who do you want to know about um, the the opportunity to engage you before it's mandated? Yeah, uh, for the most part, it's attorneys. Um, attorneys have cases at all stages of um, you know litigation, right? The initial complaint, but even before that, sometimes internal audit is showing things. They might have a whistleblower complaint, as you talked about earlier. They might have somebody bringing something up that is a problem. Um, so it, it might be at early stage, or they got the letter, they got a letter of concern, they got a subpoena, and they better fix things, mm -hmm. you know? Or the companies, the, the attorneys have done an investigation and realized, oh boy, we have a problem. We might have to self-report this, you know, voluntarily to the government. Why not, when you make the voluntary disclosure, have the fixes in right. through affiliated? So for the most part, Dave, it is attorneys that have cases involving, you know, 
government contracting, but even in the private settings. That's really the market for us. Um, for companies um, out there, you know, the Department of Justice um, Deputy uh, AG Monaco in October made a pronouncement that I think everybody should hear, and that is you better have a strong compliance program. And if you have a compliance program, spruce it up a little bit. You know, make sure that you've got the controls in place, because if we come knocking, we're going to be asking for that, yeah. right? Um, and so companies really should be looking at it. And we're seeing that activity now with companies and counsel for companies calling us and saying, just come in and take a look at our program. Make sure that the third-party management system is effective. Make sure that we're effectively training. Make sure that the, there's a board governance process in place. Make sure that people are appropriately disciplined. Like if two people do the same thing wrong, but they're a favorite here, and that one's not a favorite, this one gets bonuses and this one gets terminated. All of that kind of stuff we're ended up uh, being brought in. But for the most part, it's attorneys. All right. Fantastic, Vin. So I'm going to give you a minute. I want you to think of three things people should take away from our time together today. Three things you want folks to remember. While Vin's thinking of that, I want to remind you that we are brought to you by Sandrowski Corporate Advisors. Since 1983, Sandrowski has provided expert client service in the field of tax planning, consulting, dispute advisory, business valuations, forensic accounting, and risk management. So if you have an issue with any of these things, or you want some guidance in any of these areas, you should reach out to Sandrowski today. You can call them at 866-717-1607-866-717-1607. We're also brought to you by my Revenue Roadmap Guide. Again, you can get your free business development plan based on relationships and you can get it at revenueroadmapguide.com. It's the same plan I use with my clients. It'll help you grow your business, revenueroadmapguide.com. Enter your contact info, and you can download it for free today. My guest today is Vin DiCiani, and he's the president and founder of Affiliate, Affiliated Monitors. You can reach out to him at 617-519-3899, 617-519-3899. Okay, Vin, what are the three things we should take away from our time together today? Sure. First, I would talk about monitoring and the fact that independent monitoring um, can be a great benefit for governments, for companies, and for the public. Um, and I do think that people should think about that as a, an alternative sort of solution to problems, to, to settling cases, to avoiding you know, um, difficulties, avoiding sort of criminal activity, micro civil, micro administrative for law, law firms. Um, but I think that would be the first, is just understanding what the monitoring is, independent monitoring is, and the benefits that you get from monitoring. The second is, the, uh, the notion of having a, uh, a third party come in and assess a company's compliance program. It's really hard for companies to look at themselves, you know, fairly, objectively, and say, oh, we've got a really good program. Having a third party, like affiliated, come in and looking at a program really will give them an honest and fair and valuable assessment of where they really are in terms of their compliance program and controls. And then the third one is the thing that you've just talked about, which I think is really important. And that is compliance programs are an asset of a company. And, and, and some companies see it as a burden and they don't want to spend the time in, and, and resources to, to have a strong program. And they'll put, you know, sort of this rubber kind of stamp kind of program in place that is not real. You know, it's a trophy on the wall. They have to understand that compliance programs are 
as my kids say, a thing now, um, and that they should be making sure that they've invested appropriate resources for the size of the company to make sure that they have a strong compliance program, which is an asset. Fantastic. Three great points. Vin DiChiani, thank you so much for being our guest today. We learned a lot about what you do, and we also learned about the benefits of independent monitoring, bringing in a third party, and some of the scenarios, and not all of them were bad. Not all of them were because somebody got their hand slapped. We talked about it being a competitive advantage. It was a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you for joining us today. Dave, thank you so much. It was. Uh, it really was a pleasure. Thanks. All righty, folks, that'll do it for this episode of the Inside BS Show. We're back here again tomorrow with another great interview. Until we see each other again, I'm Dave Lorenzo, and here's hoping you make a great living and live a great life.